What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play. It is me, your boy Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-hosts, Adam and Matt. Boys, how we doing? Guys, it's it's snowing. It just snowed. It's it snowing. No, no. It's it snowing hefty. No. I'm never, I never really complained about the cold until you get to like cold never, never late bothered you February, anyone. March, where it's just like, I... Yeah, I'm, right. <laughs> You're like, okay, can we not? I'm over no. this now. Yeah. yeah. The but March cold's the worst cold, I think. It's even worse when the groundhog lies to you. Well, hold on. He didn't. We're like a week removed from that. There's this is uh, there's a six week thing. He didn't. We don't know if he lied. lied. He lied. Then no, how did he lie? He's How a liar. Do you not see his shadow every time. People are taking photos of him like left and right. Like well, they do the seen? they do the shadow seeing prior to the photo the, the announcement. Yeah, they do it. They do it before that. They they write up the the very important piece of parchment. Um, and then they then they do the parade into Gobbler's Knob, and then they do their announcement. You guys know I clearly don't know enough Groundhog Day lore. Yeah, it's a little like we're from Pennsylvania, boys. This is like the thing we're supposed to know. You you lost me at Gobbler's Knob. (laughs) You you don't know what Gobbler's Knob is? What are we doing? What are we doing to knobs? Oh my gosh! Did you know that Goblin? This is a family friendly show, big. Did you know that Pucks Tony Phil uh, resides for the rest of the year in a little uh, outcove that you can see uh, in the Puxatawney Public Library? I didn't know it was in a library. No, it really no. hurts me. Hmm. Oh, no. It really hurts me. Puxatawney has a girlfriend. That's crazy. And what I'm the like, Phil be getting it. He'll, uh, look, look, Puxatawney Phil, he he gets it. He gets it. Phil has a girlfriend and I don't. Puck's why I feel fucks. And I think that that's something that, we, that needs to be talked about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if it's if it's marked somewhere how many fills we've been through. Um, how what did you? Pucks of Tony fills have there been? Fills have it's not like been one's through. been eternal. That's a pop. Oh, yes, I know that. Um, found the like how many lassies have found there the been? Of youth. <laughs> the yeah. There's always one person that can use the fountain of youth. Youth, and that's punks and Tommy Phil. Like, come on. The now. hole he lives in is actually the fountain. <laughs> it's dried uh, up. Let's see. How many? Uh, uh, we're getting down to deep, boys. Like, to start the pod, we're finding out how I, old punks and Tony Phil is and how many. I can't find a number of how many there have been. There's only been one. But he's been making predictions since 1886. Okay, so okay, let's, okay. let's do so, the math there. I was gonna say, let's do so the math. A let's groundhog's lifespan. Groundhog. Yep. There we go. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Nature's Corner. On average, in the wild, six years, but in captivity, twelve to fourteen. You have to okay. assume that Phil's taken care of for most of the year. So we're gonna do the average there and say thirteen, right? So from 18, 18 what eighty six? It said right. Oh, that sounds yes. right. Okay, so let's do some some year math here. So uh, year math. years between 1886 and 2024. Wait, you just have to do Okay, that's 138 and... years, right? So if uh-huh. we do the math properly, right? Uh-huh. We're going to we're going to wind up getting That would be about 11 fills uh in the history of the of the uh the winter uh spring prediction <laughs> which you know i'm glad that we took the time to really get to the bottom of this because i think it was a pressing question on most people's minds that's the title um, of the episode 11 fills 11 fills um <laughs> and not just any fills but maybe okay. 11 phil kessels as some nhl ah! sort of adjacent news for you i guess the vancouver canucks are working out phil kessel right now in the yes. ahl and just seeing I think they're kicking the tires on old uh, hot dog Phil. Um, do you think, I mean, I understand that like, I feel like when a team gets competitive and good, they all have this like weird innate sense, this sixth sense, if you will, to be like, we should see what Phil Kessel's doing. Um, well, do you listen. think this is what the Vancouver Canucks are doing? Just kicking the tires to see well, if the old hot dog machine still has it. It's a proven fact that when you bring Phil Kessel out every year and he sees a shadow, you're guaranteed to win a cup. Yeah, how many has he won? Like four, five? Four, yeah. He's seen his shadow. He's won three with Pittsburgh. Oh, no, he won two with Pittsburgh, one with Vegas, 
And yeah. uh, I thought he won one with um. Oh, shucks. All right. Yeah, well, this, we have the Google machine for a reason. I think it's I'm just Trey. It. He's won three Stanley Cups. Three sounds correct. And it's, and it's tough to even say he won the Stanley Cup with Vegas because he didn't play. I don't think he really even played a single three times. So yep. three times Stanley Cup winner, twice with the Penguins and once with the Golden Knights. Um, yeah, I but hate, the, go ahead. I hate that he's worn eighty-one for all of his career, except in Vegas. Yeah, well, like Isn't Matt said, he really number? didn't. Yeah, it was Marshall's number, and also yeah. he didn't really get a whole lot of ice time. So, um, I guess they're just trying to see if he could still kill. No. Um, he had all. He, he okay? No ice time. Because I was going to say he, okay. the Iron Man streak is still a thing, so he had to have been playing. No. Yeah, eighty-two games played. This year? Oh, this year, no. Last year with Vegas, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, his streak is still going, by the way. It only counts if you're under contract. Interesting. Okay, so that's something I didn't know. Um, But um, he could wind up on the Vancouver Canucks roster this year, which I find uh, kind of fascinating because I'm trying to figure out where that team would fit him and why you would want to do that. Uh, but other good teams have done it before, so it's not clearly out of the question or something that's, uh, you know, uh, an insane thought. What do you guys think about the um, the 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 Kessel uh, the Kessel man himself getting a uh, maybe another chance at uh, going for a fourth title? I think it's only fitting that Rick Tockett's the guy who's like spearheading this, yeah, right. <laughs> bringing bringing him back, like. Like I know, Vic's like I know Phil's game. Like I know how we could use him. We might not even use him, but if we had to use him, I know his game. You just... it's smart. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny how it's like you get a couple former Flyers coaching the. Uh, well, I guess Mike Yo wasn't really a former Flyers, a former Flyer coach, right? No, but oh, it's no. You know, yeah, you know, fit, fitting in Vancouver and having major success. Um, I think Phil can do a lot as a replacement on that team. Like, say, like, you know, Brock Besser goes down. I mean, it's hard to say he's the full-on replacement of Brock Besser, but could fill a role. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fill yeah. a role. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm punning it today, baby. Hey, very yeah, I mean, punny. A lot of Phil, a lot of Phil conversation today uh, so far in this episode. It's a Phil episode. It's a, it's a Phil. It's a Phil episode, if you will. You could you could um, call it a filler episode. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it! That's, that's it. That's the episode. That's I have to I have to leave. Uh, contractually speaking, that was that was that was just bad enough for me to go into retirement. So I appreciate everybody being here. Um, 154 episodes, boys. <laughs> Book it. That's it. It's the last one. The philosode has killed me. I think filler. it's like the same thing with Vegas, though. Like, you know, he just understands like how to mentally get through a playoffs. Mm-hmm. And even if he's not playing, he can still talk to his teammates being like, yeah, like you just got to like, you know, keep it one shift at a time. Basically saying old cliches, but, you know, knowing yeah. him. I mean, it works. Like some people just have a way to relay the message. Yeah, just kind of old veteran type of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's good to have a veteran like that in the locker room too. A guy that's been through the the grind uh, to win a cup three times. You know, that's there's something at least somewhat important to that. Whether or not he's actually logging that many minutes or not, there is something tangible to that. So, uh, Adam, what about you? How do you think about the uh, the Phil man back at it? I don't think it, it could hurt. I mean, he was still a pretty productive player with Vegas, mm-hmm. all things considered. I think when I took a glance at it, he had like 22 points in 82 games, which for where he's at in his career isn't too bad, honestly. It's, it's something. What you yeah, want. You know. yeah, it's what you want if you're looking for depth scoring. That's the kind of scoring you want. Um, yeah, and having answer, a guy like that on like a third or fourth line is not a terrible thing. No. Um, and looking at your... I mean, to the question you had of where he would fit on this lineup, um, depending on what this conditioning stint down in Abbotsford uh, yields, uh, I see two spots. Second line with JT Miller and Brock Besser um, on the left wing, because currently that's being held up by Pui Sutter, who I don't think is having 12 goals, 7 assists, and 40 games played, plus 12. 
Yeah. Plus 12. But then yeah. you also have, yeah. um, <laughs> ironically enough, Phil De, De Giuseppe. Oh, okay. Uh, on the fourth line, also left wing. So you could plug him in on the second line if he's not, if he doesn't have the uh, the gas tank much anymore, you can plug him in on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a pretty solid lineup, all things considered. But for a team that would be looking for depth scoring and doesn't want to have to trade assets, I think Kessel is a pretty solid pickup. Right, and we know that depth is is arguably one of the most important things when it comes to late season, and especially a, a Stanley Cup playoff run. So the the fact of the matter really is is whether or not this you know workout goes well and he ends up finding his way on the roster even as a uh, extra forward. It's good to have those. It's good to have those guys yeah. to to plug and replace a given injury or just guys that need rest time at the end of the year. It's good to have a guy like that. You know, he has a scoring touch. You could probably just stick him on the power play two unit, just poke just put him right at the dot like Ovi and, and hope that he can still snipe it a few times. Um, a little bit of that, a little bit of hot dog magic that he might have. Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll see where that, we'll see where that goes. We'll see where that goes. Uh, to keep on moving forward here, the Columbus blue jackets at a hot 16, 26 and 10 on the year in last place in the Eastern conference have fired their general manager, um, releasing, uh, Yarmo Kekalainen as their GM on uh, this morning. So that'll be yesterday for you listeners. And they've uh, they've placed, let's see here. They've placed uh, John Davidson as their um, interim uh, GM, who was the president of hockey operations there in Columbus. Um, yeah, it's, it's not going hot in Columbus right now. It started off weird at the beginning of the season when they had, um, Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock hired, and then he did some weird shit with people's phones. At, excuse me, and then he wasn't hired anymore. The team has been struggling all over the place. Um, here's a quote from John Davidson. Uh, quote, unfortunately, as a team, our results haven't been good enough. We all, starting with myself as head of hockey operations, share responsibility for that. It became apparent a new voice was needed to lead us forward as we turned the page. This decision was difficult because of the quality of the person that Yarmo is. He's a dedicated, loyal, hardworking guy who did a lot of great things, both on and off the ice in our community over the past decade. Um, yeah, classic stuff. Uh, you know, he, he was a good person. It was an unfortunate move. We didn't want to do it, blah, blah, blah. The team's struggling. Um, look, this, especially with Patrick Line being in the uh, player assistance program and not being a part of the team right now and uh, the struggles of the team is going through it, it is going to be hard pressed for this team to make this turnaround quick at all. Um, the goaltending is not there. The defense isn't there. They're not scoring enough goals, even with the likes of Johnny Gaudreau. I don't see a quick turnaround for this team. Um, I don't know if I can uh, consider this bottoming out quite yet. It can get worse as the Chicago Blackhawks, um, but they, I think they're going to have to start thinking about bottoming out. And you got to start thinking about Johnny Gaudreau, the trade deadline. I, I, you know, I know that he's a recent acquisition. The fan base is excited to have him there, but he's not really doing anything for your team right now. And, and probably won't be doing a whole lot for your team for the, the, the next coming years. So what are you guys thinking? Maybe, maybe a Johnny hockey uh, trade come the deadline. What do you, what are you boys thinking here? You know, I might be a lame duck for saying this, but I really don't hate where the Blue Jackets are. Like, they got a lot of really good young pieces on their team, in their farm system, and in, like, juniors and around the world. They got really a lot of good young talent. Obviously, they need better leadership in office roles. I mean, that's been paramount for a while now uh but i i like their rebuild and acquiring talent because i Mm -hmm. think they've done a good job of it um as far as you know the veterans i mean you're gonna need veterans to lead them into competition and competing and actually being a respectable team um so that's where i kind of kind of or reluctant to trading a guy like Johnny Gaudreau because he could be a big factor and, you know, bringing, a, bringing the franchise back into, you know, relevancy. Um, 
and he, you know, he he said there he's like he came there to win. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna ask to be traded when they just gave him what like a sixty seventy million dollar contract over the course of like eight years or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like I that. Ridiculous money. So, yeah. um, I think you they just need to stay in their lane. I I referred it to with the Flyers. You know, you just need to stay in your lane, keep your head down, and work and work and work and work and work, and then you'll look up and be like, huh. You know, the Hurricanes kind of fell off a little bit. You know, obviously talking about, like, the next couple years, Hurricanes, Islanders, Rangers aren't what they once were, the Penguins aren't, the Capitals aren't. It's like, you know, the, the Metropolitan's changing. Right now, you know, it's really going to be be spearheaded by, you know, Flyers, the Devils. Um, I still think the Rangers will be there. And, you know, who knows? Maybe the Blue Jackets do get their act together and they can be in that fight, too. So, right. Yeah. And, you know, to to a to your point there, they, they you know, they've done a good job with drafting and they have the young talent, obviously not ready for the NHL yet. So there is there is reasonable uh, hope within the organization, and you make up you make a good point. Johnny uh, Johnny Gaudreau is the kind of guy you want to be the spearhead of a of a young building team because he himself is still young and talented. So that's that's fair. Yeah, I was I was just seeing the you know what the temperature was of uh, what maybe a Johnny Gaudreau trade would would uh, would mean. But I, I guess Matt is uh, saying stick to what you're doing. And again, um, like let's like the cap is going up, right? You can say mm-hmm. that, but are a lot of teams willing to? take on a guy like that i feel like a few teams who truly believe johnny Gaudreau is that missing piece which is like it's tough like i don't think yeah. dallas is a team that would look to johnny Gaudreau and be like he's our missing piece like i mean maybe I the think... bruins if they were ballsy enough that's a good point i mean the bruins are looking for a guy that like a you know, a veteran star that could come in and just push him over the top. Vegas yeah, like having David Pasternak isn't enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and that that's fair. Um, but I think I I think I might be leaning to agree with what what you said. It might just be you know keep your head down, keep working. You have the pieces in the pipeline. You know, uh, yeah, obviously you can't guarantee that every single one is going to work out, but you can you can reason to think that some at least will, and maybe it'll be in a different spot come two, three years down the line. Adam, what about you? Do you think a Johnny Gaudreau trade is even, even plausible? Do you think that that's something that, uh, um, it just wouldn't be explored? Well, from, from the other teams in the league standpoint, it's going to be tough because nobody can afford his $9 million contract. It's a mm-hmm. uh, 9.75 for the next six years um there's only a handful of teams that wouldn't have to move heaven and earth to make this happen and they're all i don't know where buffalo sits in the standings uh right now the sabers are second to last in the atlantic at 50 and nashville is wild card or they also out one moment nashville is in the hunt for sure um right now they sit Right outside the bubble in ninth in the conference. So Nashville could theoretically try that would make be a, a terrible move for Nashville. Honestly, they're projected that would not to have seven point nine million in uh, cap space at the moment, so they wouldn't necessarily have to move out a lot to get them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like they're looking more to sell than they are to buy, and I think a Johnny Gaudreau move would be. As rough of a season as Johnny Gaudreau is having, I think that would still be a buying move if someone's trying to acquire a Johnny Gaudreau. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, it's just those two because the only other teams that can afford them are Anaheim and Chicago. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. true. <laughs> um, enough said. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if this season is the season to move Gaudreau. That said, however, you could stick with Matt's idea of keep doing what you're doing and chugging along. Um, Goudreau is 30, so the clock is kind of ticking if you want to move him. Mm-hmm. And also, he has a no move that doesn't kick in until 2026. So you could trade him at 32 if he's having a 
decent enough year and someone's willing to take them. Um, but I think they've kind of handcuffed themselves with a $9.7 million contract on a player that you hoped would produce and is unfortunately not able to. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's a chemistry thing, if it's a, a coaching thing. I don't know what is going on with Goudreau, but you could say that about most of the former flame people that got moved that were really good and now are all of a sudden not so much yeah not so much um it's just a flames curse it's it, really it really is it really like, is i mean he, evander Dane was struggling um he was never a flame though oh shit yeah never mind uh, <laughs> he was a sharky shark, shark. He, he was a i was thinking of nazim kadri who was currently a flame never mind Dang, well, that's all um, huh jeez i don't know um nah, but okay. yeah okay so yeah i guess then then it seems we're all in agreement that that's just not something that that's it there are moves fruitful. there are moves that columbus can make uh i've been hearing boone jenner's name tossed around quite a bit over the last couple days and obviously i think uh elvis merzlikens has requested a trade out of columbus so there are moves that columbus is able to make to try and recoup some assets in get you know either draft picks or future prospects or whatever have you i, f- I so, freaking love boone janner man he i love his game dude's I, a player dude's I'm, a straight I'm, up player yeah i'm happy with like how the flyers are going like you know committing to a rebuild but if they were to do the you know typical flyers bullshit and just get the get the veteran player i would <laughs> yeah dude get, i would love to get well you know you know if this was the ron hextall years boone janner would already be in a flyers jersey not, not for well, nothing yeah. if Rumors are true that Scott Lawton is on his way out. But we'll Jenner, talk about that. Boone Jenner could fill that center hole because I'm assuming Lawton's playing center. Wing center. Yeah, wing center on the fourth line. And guess what? Guess what Boone Jenner is? Wing center. No, but that that feels like a that feels like a just an adjacent no movement trade. Well, that's why I'm confused why you would look to move Lawton. Here, do you want this terrible center? We'll hand you this terrible center. Um, it you know it's that just doesn't feel fruitful for for a flyer. I love team, how but... you speak, man, because you say he's terrible, but he is hot right now. I was gonna say he's hot right, right now, like, right now as we speak. Goals, game winning goals in the past couple games. Hold on. Okay, <laughs> first and foremost, first oh, and foremost, oh, just God. because he's hot recently does not mean he has been hot the entire season. Did you oh. watch that first half? I watch every game, he, buddy. He was he was almost a non-factor. I will say, say non-factor. Night in, night out, just fourth line center, just skating up and down with Nick Delorier, dumping it in and getting on a change. Good job, boys. Well done. Um, I, I, see, this is this is my this is my issue with the quote unquote old guard of the of the Flyers team. I want them shipped to the moon. Um, <laughs> unfortunately. One of them's here to stay for a uh, apparently long time, which we will get into. Um, I will say, uh, back to the Boone Jenner to the Flyers right, thing. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It it would literally be a lateral move. However, I think Boone Jenner, assuming he stays healthy, would surpass Lawton in points because Boone Jenner has twenty one points in thirty seven games played. Lawton has twenty three and fifty four. <laughs> so mm. would you look? Would you looky there? You might get some more production mm-hmm. out of Boone. I don't know. Mm. Uh, I also, I think it. I think Scott Lawton right now the market is a little hotter than a than a Boone Jenner uh, return. So they'd probably be kicking the tires elsewhere. But that is something that we will get into uh, later. Well, in the I was just saying there was a bit of a shakeup in the Flyers you, organization. You sell high on Lawton and buy low on Jenner. No, hundred percent. Yeah, it's what what um, I was thinking. To keep on keeping on, uh, speaking of the Blackhawks that uh, Adam Ooh. brought up a little bit earlier, uh, Connor Bedard is back for the Blackhawks yeah. for the first time since January 5th when he got hit in the jaw. Uh, he got hit and then fractured his jaw um, in the Devils game on January 5th. He's returning tonight. So for those of you listening, that would be last night uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, now, obviously, this is not a competitive year. For the Chicago Blackhawks, in fact, they are the worst team in the league. However, Connor Bedard has shown flashes of being incredibly talented, which we know he is. And if this team continues their pace of being the worst team in the league, they could reasonably get the first pick again. Um, I don't understand how this organization continues to get uh, saved time and time again. 
Um, you lose uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. You go ahead and uh, receive a Connor Bedard and maybe a um... Macklin. Yeah, um, Macklin Celebrini. Yeah, Macklin Celebrini. You know, that's number one overall. That's fucking. That's hey, fucking ridiculous. He's San Jose yeah. Shark property. Thank you very much. Is uh, he? <laughs> is he? The San Jose Sharks are better than the Chicago Blackhawks. Hey, listen. As we sit currently, it's still possible. It's tight. That's for sure. You're you're hope, only two points happens. better. Okay. I hope it happens. I get what's gonna happen is we're gonna fall to fourth. So I'm gonna cry myself to sleep that night. Yeah, that would suck. So, but you just go on like a ten game heater at the end of the year for no. Very likely. With, By the like, way, with like four Mackenzie Blackwood shutouts, it's just just the weird weirdest thing you ever seen. By the way, minus ninety three goal differential. Woo! Yes, sir. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Oh boy, that's, that's the worst goal differential in the league, isn't it? It is. Yes, it is by a large a margin. Country mile, some would say. Um, Old Town Road is even brutal. Hey, if it helps, the uh, the Flyers have the worst goal differential in teams in the playoffs right now. So, if that makes yeah. you feel <laughs> any better at all, um, looking uh, yeah, that five know. game, that five game skitter kind of dude. Our play. that was tough. That was that was tough. That was tough to watch. But uh, you gotta love the All Star break. But the return for Connor Bedard, uh, obviously, I don't think his return is going to prove super fruitful. For the Chicago Blackhawks, other than I'm sure the incredible highlights he is about to pop off with. I'm assuming he'll probably get one tonight because that's how the universe works. Um, keep moving forward on a more, uh, I guess you could say a little bit of a hot topic here in NHL world. Um, Riley Gregg or Grieg, I'm not quite sure how that's pronounced. Rid- Ridley Grigg. Ridley Grigg, not Riley, sorry. Ridley Grigg uh, of the Ottawa Senators on a uh, empty netter, decided to pull up from the slot and deliver a hellacious seed clap bomb into the back of the net, um, and then was immediately met with the um, with a CCM stick to the jaw uh, from Morgan Riley, which um, is obviously a no no. So Morgan Riley has been suspended for five games um, for the cross check to the face. Um, I will uh, retain my comments until the end here. Um, I will <laughs> I will leave uh, it to, to the two of you to d- discuss uh, how you think that works out. Um, I guess my first question to you guys was, uh, first question would be, do you think Morgan Riley responded properly? Not necessarily the action that he did, but doing something about it. Do you think that was the right response? Absolutely, yes. I'm going to lead it off because I love everything about this. I love it so much. I love everything. I love the clap bomb. I love it. It's amazing. You got the Ottawa Senators at home against your uh, your rival, your in-province in Providence they rival. Mm-hmm. They've owned you all year, literally all year, their fan base Took over your barn, full of full Leafs fans. You finally get it to him. You get the open net. You're going in, and you want some. He's like, I'm just gonna LeBron James Tom Hawk dunk this and just wound up and clap bombed it. And he's like, fuck it. I'm like, dude, respect, dude, respect. I would like that. I like it. Just big f you to all your Toronto fans and the team. I like that. And then I like the response by Morgan Riley being like, you know what? Everyone thinks we're just a private school soft team. Nah, nah. I'm standing up for what I think is right. And did he step over the line? Absolutely. Can't cross-check anyone in the head. Gets a suspension worthy. Mm-hmm. But he finally stood up for his team, and it was awesome. Everything about this was awesome. We're talking about it. Makes it awesome. And it's it's great, man. I hope we see another clap bomb into an every night like in the next month. And we'll continue to talk about it. It's great. You it's know, I think I might be hard-pressed to put uh, into words better than, than what Matt just pulled off there. That was... That was well said uh, all around. I gotta <laughs> it tell you, that was great. That was that was that was beautiful from from top to bottom. Um, 
you're right. It was a, I mean, really Greg kind of went into that, as you said, as a huge old fuck you to all the Toronto fans that swamped Ottawa's building. The fact that Toronto had had their number all year and just throttled them. Um, in province rival, he gets that, right? He feels the rivalry, so he's going to do something stupid. Now, was it something stupid? 100%. You don't you don't pull up and and lay into one from the from the dots at an empty net. That's not something you do. He's um qualifying offer for the hardest shot competition. That's what he was doing. Yeah, he was he wanted to be considered. He was actually he was upset that he wasn't considered for the competition. So that's why he tried that one even though I'm pretty sure it was like 80 something miles an hour is fairly weak. Um, but, but then I mean, it uh, was Matt, an empty net goal. So he didn't have yeah. to go full force. Yeah. Matt also said it beautifully um, where Morgan Riley and the, you know, the soft 10 ply Toronto Maple Leafs. He was like, you want to know what? No, get fucked. I'm going to cross check you in the face. Was it, was that where you do it? Mm, not usually that is going to be a suspension, but I think he knew that. Right. And, a little part of me thinks Ridley Gregg dove a little bit. I don't think he hit him that hard in the face. That's uh, just a personal thing. Um, I, look, I've watched it. I well, have watched it. It's a little you, bit of a dive. Did you I'll see the other angle? You have to angle. be ready for that shit, though. If you do, like, don't get me wrong. I've done plenty of dumb stuff uh, in, in my playing time that I knew was dumb and that I shouldn't do. But I know there's going to be a response. Somebody's going to grab me. Somebody's going to cross-check me. I have to be ready for it. He just looked oblivious. He was like, da, 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 da. that was fun. You know, you have to be ready. Uh, I think Matt I'll put it beautifully in the horn. group chat uh, when he said he would he would have done it and then just dropped the gloves and waited. I think I think that's what he should have done. I would I would I don't mean to my horn like I'm pretty tough but if I'm gonna get cross-checked in my face like I'm going down dude like no oh, yeah you you have to sell it 100 percent yeah I'm going down no, the yeah 100 percent I agree with you there but I also I agree with your statement in the in the group chat earlier that you would have done it and then just turned around and dropped them because you would have been ready because in your mind you're like this is stupid I shouldn't do it but man does it look fun you know what I mean <laughs> so but adam what about you what, what is your opinion on the subject uh, obviously to to finish off mine uh morgan riley the suspension is worthy he, you don't do it to the head uh to the chest i don't think there would have been a suspension but uh to the head yeah you're gonna get a sussy for that uh adam what I, about you I, I think if morgan riley did anything but catch greg in the head it wouldn't have been a suspension mm-hmm. and this wouldn't be a conversation mm-hmm. other than how awesome it was that greg decided to just pull how fun how out. funny it was yeah um also by the way uh our favorite Twitter account at Leafs Last Cup uh, has added the number of days it's been since Ridley Gregg clapped an empty net bomb. <laughs> it was like two. <laughs> uh, last the most recent one I saw was four. <laughs> no, my my favorite hockey account is Evil Gritty. Uh, most of, the right. of how often he gets people is hilarious. There was a couple of tweets today. Obviously, we'll get into it, but a couple of tweets today where people were like, "Wait, wasn't Travis Connecting named captain?" Like. A month ago, because Evil Gritty put out what looked like an official tweet that he was named <laughs> captain. He had a field day today on Twitter. That's that awesome. that man's Twitter account is 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 gold. Uh, anyways, um, go ahead. But yeah, so I think you know I I don't think it was that big of a deal personally, but that, that's coming from someone that's never played, so I, I don't have a code to necessarily follow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the response. After hearing how people have talked about the Leafs prior, I understand where people are coming from, and I do kind of agree that someone probably should have responded to that. Not to the extent that Riley did. I think dropping the gloves, like you were saying, Bing, was probably the better option or something to that effect. ready for it, yeah. Um, my thing about being ready, though, I have a feeling Grig had no idea that Riley was that close to him. Like, if you look at the replay, there's a pretty sizable distance where Riley isn't in the frame and then all of a sudden Riley gets in the frame and is going after Grig. so I'm wondering if Grig just wasn't spatially aware of where Riley actually was I think he probably thought he was further away than he actually was which is why by the time he turns and sees where Riley is he's like oh shit and then gets clocked in the face with a CCM stick that's just my take on looking at the clip um I don't know if he dove, but he definitely sold. Oh, like that's, well, yeah. yeah. That's a pro wrestling level sell mm-hmm. right there. That, that was great. 
Um, but man, I, I I've seen a lot of people kind of take this take, and I kind of side with it. Uh, and I'm just gonna read this off of uh Tugi 24s Twitter. If you don't know who Tugi is, he's a uh, big EA NHL uh streamer. He does a lot of like roster edits and stuff, and he's a big hockey guy. Um, minus the code being stupid, that part I'm a little on the fence about. Um, but this is the bit I, I'm on. Fans will say that we want players to have personality and to show they care. So Ridley Grigg will showcase that he very much cares that the Sens won over a rival by clapping a bomb into an empty net. And then other fans will be like, well, don't showbow too much if you don't want to be cross-checked in the head. Like, we we can't have... We can't have both ways. It's got to be you either want people to show personality and be a little, I mean, for lack of a better way of putting it, be a, a little bit of a rat, which is pretty much what Ridley, Ridley Griggs starting to become is like mm-hmm. new era Brad Marchand. Yeah, but he's wow. not um, a full-blown degenerate quite like Nick Cousins quite yet. You know what I mean? Like he's not, he hasn't done well, degenerative the, bullshit. You, you just, it, it's a spectrum. It is, yes. And it, he's it, a rookie. Is very, it is very much, you know, it's it's a wide range so, of, but, of rats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wide range of rats. A wide range you're, of rats, if you will. You're either um, Remy or a degenerate Mickey Mouse. I, see, <laughs> I agree with you to a stance because I'm so and obviously I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like, ooh, because I'm a former player. I played D two club college hockey. This is this does not count at all. Um, but the to me He's a, a fully in his right to do that. I found it funny. I agree with Matt. I think that it's a huge fuck you to a barn filled with your rivals fans. That's like a, hey, get out of here. I love it. But you have to know what's going to happen after the fact. Um, and, and that's that's where I'm going to like to answer you, you know, thinking that uh, maybe he just had no idea where Morgan Riley is. Once you do that, you have to put the head on a swivel because you know someone's showing up no matter what. Someone's going to come at you. Someone's going to say words. You could get cross-checked in the head. You got to you got to think, fight immediately, um, because I want people to do that kind of. Uh, I'm not going to call it showboating, but I want people to do that kind of exciting stuff. But I want them to also answer the bell. I I don't want them to be uh, Matthew Kachuk, um, who just does the dumb shit, refuses to answer the bell, or Jacob Truba, for example, you who does talk the about dumb shit. Player. Chuck's uh, on fire, dude. That dude's on fire. No, and look, he's a, he's a great player, but like this is this is where I draw some ire to that idea. Like, yes, I want players that are exciting to watch and doing exciting things, and like also show a little personality. Like that's good for the game. Yes. However, what is also good for the game is the flip side of the coin, where when somebody does that to you, are you going to uh, say absolutely fucking not? You need to answer the bell. But are those guys going to answer the bell? That's that's the most frustrating part for me is the guys doing that stuff and then shying away from answering for, I guess, in this case, for lack of a better term, answering for their crimes. You know, um, that's where I draw an issue. And that's just old hockey code bullshit. But um, at least that's my belief on the game. Uh, I guess you kind of have uh, cleaner eyes on on how this is, um, considering, you know, you'd, you're you're kind of a newer uh, to the to the 2010s hockey fan where Matt and I kind of watched the early 2000s, which was just a full-blown shit show. Um, if you even celebrated just a little bit too hard, there was going to be a line brawl. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that that I feel like that part of the game is going away, but I wish it wouldn't. Um, that's just me, I guess. But I hear you. I do that. Uh, you can't have your cake and eat it, too, when it comes to wanting personalities in the game and then also being like, ooh, don't showboat if you don't want to get cross-checked in the head. But I think that those two things can live symbiotically in a way because I think what Matt said, not to keep bringing it up, but I think it was it was a beautiful comment. What Matt said in our group chat was you do that and then you immediately turn around and drop the gloves because you know someone's showing up. So it's it's time to do something about it. Doesn't you know? that, would that not lead to uh, an instigating penalty though? I mean, yeah, it would, but it's the end of the game. And now you're up two. Who the fuck cares? Ah, you want entertainment fine. value? That is entertainment value. That is that is full blown gladiator. Are you not entertained? <laughs> you pull up at the dots. You rip a clap bomb that didn't eclipse ninety miles an hour, but no one's looking right now. Hey. And then you drop them, and you just wait. 
that is full full gladiator type of shit that's that that you saying that just reminded me did you guys see the the debut of diamond hands in the ECHL? Ah, yes the, <laughs> the um amesbury right it's his last name yes yeah yeah i, I watched, watched a couple that. of youtube videos that dude's fucking hilarious he's a beautiful example of a guy who's got personality, you can follow him, but he's still, he still has that old hockey grit. I was say, that's that's old time hockey is yeah. what he is. That's al- almost John Scott. It's a beautiful thing, except John Scott didn't like. From what I've watched of him play, he can actually get into the corners and and rub it say, up a little bit. He's got some, more skill, some talent. Yeah, um, but you know, like I, I like what Rid, uh, Ridley Gregg could become as far as like rats in the league, I just need him to not be Nick cousins. That's that's that or Brad Marchand. Really? I, I just want him to respond when called upon to do so. You know, I, I don't know, man. I think we might be going the way of a Brad Marchand. I know. Just, just enjoying the ride. I just want to see, I want to see more of this. You don't, you don't have, you know, I mean, you of all people have watched old hockey. You don't have a problem with somebody doing showboat shit and then not, Answering the I bell. Swear when it's I saw an away team throw a clap bomb into our empty net this year in our home ice, and I didn't think twice about it. Oh, I don't it's, recall hearing anything. It's just like that. an empty. What's the difference between, like, I guess it's just the same result, like, same action between, like, a clap bomb and just, like, like skating up to the line, sitting there and just having it. Is it what, the same thing? That's the same thing. Right? That's basically someone, the same thing, yeah. Right, someone well, explained it to me, or not explained it to me, but someone compared it to the uh, Jose Bautista bat toss at the, the home the, run. The, the yeah, full but pin now job, look yeah. at bat tosses. Like bat tosses are like the biggest thing in baseball now. No, I agree with you, but also I still want the catcher to say "fuck you," run to first. You know, like this is these can <laughs> live symbiotically. It's just everybody seems to have a problem with people being aggressive in an aggressive sport. It's so fucking dumb. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, that you know that's just that sports, baby. It's a violent sport. Let it be a violent sport. If somebody generically says "fuck you" at the end of a game, I'm going to respond with a "fuck you." Okay, that's just how this works. I mean, that's fair. But a bunch of "fuck you." That, that's also that's also life. "fuck yous." Hey, yo, fuck you. No, fuck yeah. you. Like, fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. Um. <laughs> okay, rage. Slow down. Slow <laughs> down, rage. Start, you know, start you, putting holes in my drywall. Um, now, it, it's it's a uh, it's a thing where I do truly believe in my heart of hearts that the two things can coexist. You just have to let them. You know, everybody's got to stop being so fucking soft all the time. You know, is it just me? I can't like honestly, Matt. I'm a little impressed that you're not on my side here. Well, I mean, I'm happy he responded. I'm happy he was like, yo. Screw you, don't do that. But, like, it's, oh, I thought it was funny. And I also hate the Leafs, dude. Like, come on now. Fucking yeah, but you take, take, the Leafs, take the Leafs out of it. I mean, say it's just two other teams, you know? Say, say it's, it's like fucking Nashville, Nashville Dallas. It's some, it's a, some bullshit. Why are we on the same wavelength? Yeah, those, are, those are rivals. Those are rivals. I know, but you don't hate either one of them. Yeah, but, like, it's it's rivalry. I, I that's what I'm saying though, but yeah. but you have this innate hatred for Toronto, so you will skew more Ottawa here. Well, I, I just I think it's highly entertaining. That's why I love it. It was like, it oh, was highly entertaining. Great. Yeah, like if but for for both reasons, I think it was highly entertaining. I love seeing his face get completely plastered <laughs> into the board. I thought it was I thought that was the hilarious part to me. I thought that was the funniest bit. Um. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just getting old. I don't know. Uh, maybe you're just violent. Maybe maybe that could that could be the case. Um. Anyways, uh, to keep moving forward here, and uh, you know, we'll try not to spend too much time on this subject, but things can get carried away when All talking right. about said franchise. Long conversation coming up. Let's go. I hope not. <laughs> um. However, the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, who have been captainless, I believe, for about a year and a half now. Almost ever since Tortorella, well, ever since uh, Giroux left. Ever since G left, uh, they which have been captainless. Two, it's like over two years. 
Yeah. And uh, they have, as of this morning, or actually, no, yesterday. Last, yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. So that would be Wednesday of this week. Uh, they named their 20th captain in franchise history, Sean Couturier, to wear the C for the orange and the black, uh, uh, shouldered by uh, assistant captains Scott Lawton and Travis Konechny. Scott Lawton had already had uh, the A for the tenure of John Torrell's coaching, um, and uh, now Travis Konechny will get the A full-time. Uh, they won't do the weird thing that they did when uh, Lane Vigneault was here where they had like six alternates. It was weird. There was like road alternates and home alternates. It, and they I, all it, hated the coach. Dude. And they all <laughs> hated him. So it made no sense. But either way. Um, so Sean Couturier will be the 20th captain in Philadelphia Flyers team history. Here's a quote from um, GM Danny Briere. Sean Couturier is an ideal choice to be the next leader of the Philadelphia Flyers. Sean was drafted here and has made Philadelphia his home. I have personally seen his development from a responsible forward to one of the best two-way centermen in the game and a playoff performer. The adversity he has had to overcome has only strengthened his proven leadership. In this new era of orange with Dan Hilferty, Keith Jones, and John Tortorella at the helm, we couldn't be more proud to call him captain. Speaking of head coach here, uh, Matt uh, being the inside edge member that he is, got an email from head coach John Tortorella. Uh, Matt, go ahead and read that one off. <clears throat> yes, so it's another letter from Mr. Tortorella, and it goes starts with, Dear Inside Edge members, it was a pleasure to meet and speak with you at last night's Chalk Talk. John Tortorella had a Chalk Talk meeting with season ticket holders. I was in attendance. Got to ask him a question. Got to meet him. Very cool. Um. I dropped a hint during the show that I believed it was time for our leadership group to grow and that naming a captain would come sooner than you think. That that time is now. And I informed our group this morning that Sean Couturier is captain of this team. His leadership and presence has been second to none to this year and essential reason why our group is playing at another level. He is a true professional on and off the ice. Scott Lawton will continue to serve as alternate captain for the last year and a half, and he has been this team's backbone. Steady, fierce, and a true Philadelphia Flyer at heart. He is vital to how this team's foundation is being built. In my mind, Travis Konechny has made the biggest leap forward as a leader on this team since I've been here. His tenacity, hunger to win, and the way he always fights for his teammates tells you all you need to know about him. There's no doubt in my mind that we have progressed as a team. I've paid close attention to it throughout the year and it and said it publicly many times that I like our team and like what I see in that room. We're in the home stretch Oops, sorry. We're in the home stretch, so many important and with so many important games remaining. I hope you've noticed that we've built and the direction we are heading. Uh, thank you for your support and thank you for making the Wells Fargo Center alive again. Sincerely, Torts. So we're we're I mean, clearly John Torrell enjoys writing letters, which I find very fun. Yes. Yes, um, he's a scholar. I, he's a scholar, he's a gentleman of scholar the whole way. Um, yeah, so obviously the um, shocking, uh, shockingly improved Philadelphia Flyers at third place in the Metro right now. Um, they've they've named a captain. Uh, I did not see this coming midseason. I thought that was a bit weird. Uh, but obviously I also didn't think that they were going to choose Sean Couturier as the captain. So uh, I've been proven wrong twice there. Um, I, Matt, obviously, as a, other uh, another Flyers fan here on the podcast, I'll, I'll go to you first on your comments on the on the move. How do you feel about Sean Couturier wearing the C? How do you feel about uh, TK getting the uh, other alternate captain role? Uh, how do you feel about uh, how this may or may not you know affect the team in any sort of way? What are you, what's your what's your thoughts here? It's good and fitting. I like it because you know we've done a lot of us Flyers fans. You being you know me to a here have been complaining about how Katoria has mm. been playing, but he hasn't played in two years and is on pace for a 55-point season. Mm -hmm. So you can't be like, this guy's not doing anything because he's bounced back pretty steadily. Um, He's played in this league a long time, is a real home setter. I love the fact that we 
got a toothless smile as captain. You know, <laughs> it feels very Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah, it's Bobby Bobby Clark reincarnated. Um, I think you know, I mean, Chuck Atoria came here at a young age of eighteen and has seen you know, Drew and Pronger and Drew were his previous captains. So I mean, he's seen it. Um, I think it's a good because when you talk about captain, it's basically the player coach. Like he's the messenger from the coach to the team. You know, like more than just the mm-hmm. the coach actually talking to the team. And I think Couturier is a great fit for that. I mean, I, I we were all saying Travis Connecty Wood's gonna be and like, hey, it was looking like it. I mean, he plays like it. He he has the engine that you know people follow, but you know, still gets into the scrums. Still is a little pest, and uh, I think with the steadiness of Coots, Captain Coots now, got got a good ring to it. Um, you know, it's it's a good, you know, moving forward. I mm-hmm. I like it. I mean, hey, we don't know how long it's gonna be. I mean, is he gonna be a Claude Giroux be here a captain for what nine years? I don't know about that, but right, right. now, yeah, moving into the latter three, the next years of Torts, you know, I think he's a good fit. I was also finding it hard to believe that you know Danny Briere was going to trade a guy who literally worked his ass off to get back from two back surgeries and a person that lived in his basement while he was 18. He yeah, was right. Like, the you know, the kid, yeah. you're not part of the long-term future here. Like, I really found it hard to believe Briere was going to, you know, you know, put on his ma- general manager cap towards Couturier. And it would just leave a real ill taste on the man's mouth. So I'm happy he's captain. Uh, he's played really well over the past 10 games or so, really kind of, you know, Post All Star break, plus like a little bit before the All Star break, uh, his hands are getting back. He's getting up to speed. He's winning face offs, and uh, yeah, it's a great move. It's, I'm happy, you know, we got our leadership core. Yeah, I think that's that's my biggest takeaway here is I'm happy we do have a, a we have three captains and we actually have a leadership on the team. I think that's it's obviously not something that was missed, right? Because you don't have to wear a C to be a leader, but um, I'm, I'm happy that that's like named now. Do I love that it's Sean Couturier? Um, maybe, maybe not my favorite thing. I understand why, and I understand that he probably is a leader in the locker room. I get that. I do. Um, but also, this is I have to, and a lot of fans have to. We had to separate the letter from the play, right? Because it's not being a captain is not what you see on the ice. Being a captain is what nobody sees in the locker room, off the ice, at practice. That's what being a captain is all about. Not so much what occurs on the ice, because for what you watch on the ice, you're like, Travis Konechny should be the captain of this team. And maybe he's more of that spiritual leader. Uh, that's why he gets the A. It's more of like what he does brings energy to the group. But Sean Couturier is that actual connection from the coach to the players. So I like that we have the three captains now. Um, I don't have a huge guff with um, with the captaincy choice in Sean Couturier. It makes sense. He's been with the organization for many, many years drafted here, developed here, the whole nines. Um, he's, you know, proven to be a good playoff player when when push comes to shove. He's proven to be a consistent two-way forward. Um, he's a little slower now. He sometimes frustrates the ever-loving hell out of me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this that that's just kind of comes with the territory of being, you know, somebody that you consider a leader on a team. You know what I mean? So I think... He gets the C because of what he offers in the locker room and off the ice, and maybe a little less about what he offers on the ice. So I'm happy with the decision to get captains. I like that we're doing this now. I like that the team feels like it's becoming a hockey team and not this semblance of a bunch of hockey players. Uh, I think that's my my favorite takeaway from this decision. But I also love that Torts is making it known. He's like, hey, I wasn't going to rush into making these decisions. Uh, yes, could he have just made these three the the captain and the two alternates when he first got here sure but he wanted to see it firsthand about how you know the locker room responded to these guys that could be considered leadership and um i think it was the right move 
Trunk Couturier wasn't also even playing last year, so yeah, so like... that so that too, right? He he doesn't know right like what Sean Couturier looks like, and he recently, uh, which I find to be the funniest bit, he had a post game presser from I believe the um, the Seattle game when you know two of those goals that Seattle scored, uh, it, both of them were Sean's guys that he should have been on. He got a little too aggressive. Um, on checking through a guy and, you know, misplayed it and his guy was behind him and put it in the back of the net. And another play was something similar where he was just out of place and his guy wound up scoring. And, you know, Torts talked about after the game because Sean Gutierrez scores the game winner in that game. And he goes, yeah, no, I know it was a huge fuck you to me, but I respect that. And then days later, Sean Gutierrez is captain. I'm, I'm wondering if Torts was just holding the C in his pocket and was waiting for something like that to happen to to make him earn it. Which is, you know, kind of an interesting move, I would say, but uh, definitely one that makes sense when you think about Torts as a person and a coach. That just kind of, kind of makes sense uh, in my brain, at least. But I like it. I don't have any major issues with it. Do I think that Travis Konechny was a more, um, I'm not going to say deserving candidate, but it made more sense with age and and all that stuff. Uh, yes, but. I understand the move nonetheless. Um, so, you know, congratulations to Sean Gutierrez on being named captain. But we got to hear from the non-Flyers fan about what his reaction here is. Uh, Adam, what are, you, what are you thinking about the uh, three captains in Philadelphia now instead of one alternate? Yeah, what you guys said. Yeah. <laughs> Man, fucking nail that. I got to tell you. Nice. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. And I, I honestly don't have too many thoughts. Um, I think the biggest kind of head scratcher for me was Lawton getting the A, considering all the trade talks he's been involved in. Um, well, he's it, had the A all season. I did. I didn't think they were going to uh, him of said of said letter. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I do agree. I think uh, TK would have probably been. I want to say the better option for captain because I mean, I feel like uh, how how do I phrase this? I feel like the captaincies don't do a whole heck of a lot. It's just like another patch. Mm-hmm. they put on the sweater like i get that you know they're locker room leaders and some are better at that than others and it's kind of good to represent that in some way but outside of that it's kind of like they don't do a whole heck of a lot mm-hmm. um but with that in mind i think tk would have been the better fit because he probably would have been a longer term captain that's someone that would be the face of your franchise for however many years he still has to go whereas Couturier. He's up there in age, right? He's like his early thirties. Uh yes. Thirty-three. Yeah, let me double check that. But uh, my guess was going to be thirty-three. Yes. Uh, Sean Couturier is thirty-one. Oh, mm-hmm. he's younger than I thought he was. Mm-hmm. So he's got a couple more years left in him. Um. So I was going to say, if he was thirty-three, you're probably looking at like another two, maybe three years, depending on what his his next couple of season outputs look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's 31, it's not a bad fit. I still think TK would have been the long-term better option, but for a short term, you can't go wrong with the guy that's been there for a while. That's just yep. kind of always been my mantra. You want somebody, a, you want somebody that, you know, or you can see is a, is a locker room leader. Um, and I think you put it best being when you said, uh, someone that's kind of the uh the the voice of the coach like obviously players aren't always going to listen to the coach but you're going to listen to your teammates a little bit more so if your captain says the same things the coach says it's not a bad idea because you know the message is at some point going to going to sink in uh it's kind of the problem i feel like in san jose i don't view couture as much of a a locker room leader um that's just me personally from the outside looking in like Pavelski, I think was probably the perfect captain. Um, I think Joe Thornton was a perfect captain. I understood, you know, they kind of Pavelski left. So obviously he's not going to keep the C and I can understand when they got rid of the C from Jumbo, it was because he wasn't, I guess, right for the role anymore. It was taken away from his on ice production. So there are those factors, but otherwise like I said at the top, I think you always hit it pretty perfectly on the head. Yeah, I mean, 
Uh, appreciate that. But uh, yeah, You're again, good. I think the, I think one of the biggest uh, factors for any captaincy naming is you do have to remember it's more about what is done in practice off the ice and in the facility and a little bit less about what's done actually on the ice type of type of thing. But, uh, you know, even I struggle with that kind of separation. But uh, Matt, do you have any other comments before we move forward? Uh, Torch is cool, guys. He's a really I, nice guy. Yeah, when is he coming cool on the pod, dude? Man, he's yeah. a good <laughs> dude, man. He's he he. Uh, everyone thinks he's just pissed off. He's pissed off all the time, and on television he is. He, but man, when he gets in front of just a room full of people that just want to talk to him, like not with a camera, it's just he, got a big smile on his face this, all the time. Dude. This is gonna sound weird. He gives me Gordon Ramsay kind of vibes. Gordon, oh, okay, I can see what you're saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he, he comes across on camera as, like, an asshole right? and a bit of a hard ass. I asked him a question, and then he looked me in the eyes as he was asking, answering the question, and then panned the room, looked back in my eyes, panned the room, looked back in my eyes. Felt something so in your soul. Yeah, I was going to say, did you feel something for Torch like, in that moment? Pull, I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. bro, this is like, Valentine's Day, calm down. I know. Me, boys. <laughs> He was talking to me. He was talking to you on Valentine's Day, no less. He was spending his time with. with wait, you. no, that was that was the thirteenth. Yeah, okay. it's close enough. It's basically. Yeah, I mean, basically Valentine's, basically Valentine's Day at that point. Day. Just little staring into Torch's eyes lovingly. Um, Valentine's <laughs> Eve. No, it's it's really funny how Matt seems to have these like direct connections with like Flyers staffing and all that stuff. I find it funny. And get him on the uh, pod. Yeah, you know you got to get Torts on here. I know he would just say absolutely fucking not because I think, but that I think that'll be even funnier. Is if you got a snippet of you asking and him just saying, "I'm not fucking doing that." And then, <laughs> get away from <laughs> this. Well, no, listen. He Fish has got the in, so now he's going to start building that relationship with Torts. And one of two things are going to happen: he's going to end up on the podcast, or Fish is going to run the Flyers. Yeah, which you know, <laughs> it's one of the when two. Brad, when Brad Shaw becomes a head coach, I'm gonna yeah. take his job. Yeah, there you go, there you go, beautiful. <laughs> um, all right, to uh, get into the last bit here, uh, there's more. This... I forgot Ooh. the layout. What was that? I said, there's more. I forgot what. The oh, there's more. Was. There's there's oh, just there's the one more. Uh, as loopy, the 2024 boys. Stadium Series weekend is this oh, weekend right. with the uh, New Jersey Devils and Philadelphia Flyers playing each other on Saturday, February 17th. And the New York Rangers and New York Islanders playing each other on February 18th, the Sunday. Should be a really cool weekend. Uh, Matt and I are going to be there for the Flyers game. So um, I, I guess probably expect a little bit of content while we're out there. I'm going to try and get some stuff uh, from the um, the Amsterdam vodka sponsored NHL stadium series block party in one of the, uh, in one of the parts of the parking lot. I think that's going to be kind of cool. The Stanley cup's going to be there. Uh, it'll probably be the closest. I'm going to get to it in quite some time. Um, it was, the, it was there at the Flyers Bruins game. The I wasn't, at, I wasn't the at, 70... at that game, buddy. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm not a, I'm not a season t- ticket holder anymore. I couldn't afford it. Um, but, uh, it should be a cool weekend. Stay tuned for that. Uh, The 2025 NHL outdoor games have been announced as the uh, stadium series matchup is going to be between the Blue Jackets and the Red Wings at the Ohio State's historic Horseshoe Stadium, uh, which is going to be kind of cool that that'll be, I think, the first time that uh, uh, the NHL outdoor game is at a college stadium, which will be really interesting. No, it wasn't the NC State Stadium. Oh, right, 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 right. Wasn't there also one at Notre Dame? Yes. Well, yeah, Yeah, that was a college one, wasn't it, though? No, that was Winter Classic, right? Oh, all right. Never mind. Ignore me entirely. Um, yeah. But that is going to be an interesting game, especially at the uh, historic stadium that they have there at Ohio State. And the uh, Winter Classic game is going to be between the Chicago Blackhawks and the St. Louis Blues. The Chicago Ooh. Blackhawks getting another Winter Classic game. Just feel like uh, getting a little tired of seeing them at every single one of those. But whatever. I don't make the decision. They had, there at the they had Wrigley Field. Soldier Field between the Penguins, right? They mm-hmm. played the Penguins at Soldier, and they're back at Wrigley against St. Louis. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm starting to get a little sick of this, to be honest. But where else would you do the Winter Classic? Like, I, I feel, feel like, like I feel like they've tried other places outside of where they usually go, and they always have trouble. I think, the... well, yeah, it's going to be a little bit difficult when you don't do the North. I get that, but like, I the would Rangers have only had two. The, I think this is going to be the first for the Islanders. You have other options in in the North than Chicago. You can there. You have choices. I would try really hard to do the Battle of Florida. 
where the Buccaneers yeah, play. Yeah, that'd be that'd be where funny. The, that would where be the Buccaneers funny. play. Yeah. That would be what real if... tough though. That would be really tough on the ice. Especially if it's sunny. I guess you would have to do it at night. Uh, it's gotta be a night game. Yeah. Um what it's gonna if... be it's gonna be freezing cold for Flyers Devils. Um I think it's gonna be sub thirty two. What's that? It'd be a tough one. Interesting. I thought yeah. the uh wasn't the um the one outdoor game they did during COVID, it was Vegas and is it Colorado? I think I can't remember where they. One of them was Flyers Bruins. In Lake Tahoe. Where? What yeah. was that? Yeah, that was Flyers. That was Flyers Bruins. Bruins and then in Lake Vegas. Tahoe. Vegas. Uh, Colorado for sure. Colorado, sure. yeah. But what was that? What's was that? Just a random outdoor game? I thought that was the Winter Classic. It was, no, it was uh, during the shortened season. Yeah, I think playing that was. Fans. Yeah, I think that was like a stadium series esque type of thing. Yeah. So it was called the like outdoor or something. Outdoor classic, something like that. Yeah, oh, maybe that's why I was confused. Classic, but, it was but my point being, what if they just held the Winter Classic in a central location every year, and this way yeah. you can rotate teams out? I can get on board with that. It does kind of take away from the fan experience a little bit because there's no money in that, boys. You yeah, got to make the money. Clearly, money is. Clearly, um, as much as they care about the money, they don't care about the money because they fair. keep doing the same shit. They, they really do. Um, but that's what it looks like in 2025. So we'll see how uh, things transpire with that when the time comes. However, as always, thank you so much for listening, guys. We appreciate you every time you hit play on these episodes. And uh, if you make it to the end of these, we appreciate you even more. You guys are the best. Go ahead and follow us on our social medias at OTPP pod on both X and Instagram. Adam does a phenomenal job on those social medias, guys. Please go follow it to see the content he He's makes. Blowing He's my a, phone up. He is a full-blown wizard. This guy is the machine. Uh, I love him dearly. Um, go ahead and plug that Twitch, Adam. Twitch.tv slash on the power play. The boys got another sneak peek at uh, some of the teams on that project I'm working on that John Hockey League so graciously uh, expanded for us. It allowed you to do, yeah. Uh, the original expansion. Yeah, man. It's uh, going to be uh, going to be fun. We haven't even started yet. Already getting expansions. It's crazy. Shout out John Hockey League. That's Twitch.tv slash on the <laughs> Twitch.tv slash on the power play. Um, go watch some of the stuff so you can get a feel of what I do over there. Uh, and like Bing said, keep following the socials because you'll see all the things going on. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I Boys. mean, our socials are not just for news from us. They're also news for the NHL. He does score updates, uh, highlights, the whole nine. So, Boys, trade deadlines, like, kind of right around the corner. We're, it's we're right here. Over it's a month. It's it's coming. Yes. I'm not ready. No, no. Uh, Adam yeah, has many sleepless nights during the trade deadline, and he's I've, he's the man he, when it comes to that news. So you could you could have stopped that sentence before <laughs> trade deadline. He has many sleepless nights. Just in Period. general, the man and doesn't sense. sleep. Thank um, you for listening. <laughs> that was it. That was all. Uh, yeah, go ahead and follow that stuff. Adam does a great job on all of those. And again, mm-hmm. as always, thank you so much for listening. And we. Out. Mm-hmm.